This is an RNZ podcast. Last weekend here on Media Watch, we heard how the Minister of Māori Development, Nanaia Mahuta, released Tao Pāpaho Māori, Heara Ho, a report setting out long-awaited and long-overdue proposals for revamping publicly funded Māori media. Twenty months had passed since the Māori media sector shift was fired up in October 2018, and a panel of five experts was appointed last year to make recommendations. But some in that Māori media sector were not happy with one aspect of what emerged last week. The plan proposes a single news service at Māori TV. All Māori media would have access to its content and iwi media could contribute. Māori are being ghettoised um, to just one voice and that's simply unfair. TV producer Annabelle Lee Mather telling NewsHub at 6 last week a one-stop shop for Māori news at Māori television would not be good for the diversity of Māori broadcast journalism overall. Currently, the Māori Broadcasting Funding Agency, Tamangai Paho, funds news and current affairs like Three's weekly show The Hui, produced by Annabelle Lee Mather and her production company Great Southern Television. The Hui is made with support from New Zealand On Air. And Tamangai Paho also funds long-running shows for TVNZ, such as Takarere, Wakahuya and Marae, also produced these days by independent production companies. But last week, TVNZ One News reported that one-stop shop idea like this. Television New Zealand says it wants funding for news to be openly contested. Oh yeah, we're going to fight. Kafafai tonumato. The voice of Navak Rogers, a former head of content at Māori Television, who's now TVNZ's commissioning consultant of Māori and Pacific programmes. She said the one-stop shop for news proposal was a shock to her, but it's been on the table for a long time. Even before the Māori media sector shift review began, Tamangai Pahu's chief executive Larry Parr had suggested funding fewer news shows and newsrooms so better resourced ones could be seen and heard right across Māori media. Now, back then, Navak Rogers said, in a piece for the online site Etangata, she hoped the review would confront problems festering away for 25 years or more, and she told RNZ that a powerhouse was a good idea. I feel that, you know, the fragmentation of uh, broadcasting, and in particular journalism, I'm a journalist first and foremost, the fragmentation of um, journalism and broadcasting over the, you know, the past 20 years has actually not been a good thing. That's my personal view. Um, And so I feel that, you know, we've got an opportunity to bring together those resources and make a powerhouse. Whatever that looks like, it's got to be good for um, both mainstream as well as, you know, Whakata Māori and our Iwi Radio Network. But last week, Nivak Rogers' message was different. There has been a lot of talk lately about plurality of voice and how important it is, she said, and yet now we're looking to be going in the opposite direction. But Nivak Rogers was just one of several Māori journalists, editors and programme makers making that point last week. And on Monday, political reporters put that to the Prime Minister. Uh, yes, sorry. Some Māori media, the Hui, Marae, Te Karere, are worried about their future off yeah. the back of the Māori media proposals. Yes. Um, does it provide for a plurality of voices yes, it as does. we have with mainstream? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think probably what's being proposed here is uh, unfortunately been um, misinterpreted, or certainly is not our intention to lose that those range of voices when it comes to current affairs and news um, within Māori media. Uh, what, um, uh, what we're simply consulting on is this notion of having a bit of a clearinghouse, but not a reduction in programming. 
Now, some were annoyed to be told by the Prime Minister there that they had misinterpreted Tapuni Kokari's report. It pretty clearly says, Tamangai Paho currently funds a number of Māori news services and this is not sustainable. And then the Minister, Nanaia Mahuta, stated pretty clearly, I propose that a single Māori news service be located within the Māori television service. Now, when pressed by reporters about the future of key Māori news and current affairs shows we have on air now, Jacinda Ardern said this. Do you have a commitment that we, we won't lose those Māori media services like the Hui? Yeah, and so that's actually one of the examples I'd give. Um, the intention isn't to reduce the access to funding sources for those multiple programming options. Uh, and so that's where I think, unfortunately, that's been misinterpreted. That's not our intention to lose that range of, of voice and programming options, but to create a clearinghouse for some of these um, different operations. But just what is a clearinghouse when it's at home and what exactly would it accommodate? Well, all this, the Prime Minister reminded reporters, was merely a proposal now up for consultation until the end of this coming week. But this past week, that consultation got underway with online engagement hui, and as Hayden Donnell now reports, people in the Māori media sector have grave concerns about the Māori media sector shift review and specifically that one-stop shop for news. Māori news come in for a little bit of discussion uh, recently. Uh, The concept here is a clearinghouse for uh, news and uh, potentially current affairs uh, as well. That was Tapuni Kōkiri's representative, Darren Ponta, on the fallout from the Ministry's proposal for a Māori One News service. That so-called discussion was more like an all-out rebellion. The spin-off's Duncan Grieve wrote a scathing story about the proposal with the headline, It Would Set Fire to All Progress. Stuff wrote a story saying the plan was running into flack. But the most fervent criticism came from Mahingarangi Forbes and Annabelle Lee Mather of TV3's show The Hui, which is co-funded by Tamangai Pahō and New Zealand On Air. In a column for Stuff, Mahingarangi Forbes compared Māori media to Fai Kōrero on a marae, where speakers build on each other's ideas. Both she and Annabelle Lee Mather asked why the government believes plurality of voice is important for other public and commercial news companies, but not for Māori media. At the online hui on Thursday, Darren Pontar seemed to say all those criticisms were based on a big misunderstanding. This is what he had to say in response to a question from Mahingarangi Forbes. You're sure that the clearinghouse is just the clearinghouse and not a one news service? Um, in terms of the uh, conversations that we've uh, had around that, it is uh, it is a clearinghouse. To be fair, I think you, I mean, you're, you know, the issues that you've raised in terms of it action. could have been clearer. Uh, mia culpa, I think that, that, that that is a fair comment uh, from, from your perspective. I asked Mahinganangi Forbes and Annabelle Lee Mather whether they buy that explanation from Darren Ponta and if they still have concerns about Tapuni Kokiri's plans. Kia ora Mihinarangi and Annabelle, thank you for coming to the Media Watch Enclave. Kia ora, thanks for having us. Now there's been a lot of uh, contention over the Māori media sector review and you guys have led the charge and can you just explain what your primary problem is with the draft report that has come out? I'd say more confusion than contention. For me it's um, the idea of a single news model because we just had been doing interviews with Grant Robertson, the finance minister post-COVID, over the importance of plurality of voice and the $50 million first trance funding for mainstream organisations so they could 
stay in the biz and then with a promise of a, an indication that the second lot would be for quality journalism. So my question to the Minister is why don't we have the same opportunity in Māori journalism? You know, creating a clearinghouse or a single news model means that we won't have plurality of voice and I fear that because I've been a recipient of a big boot on my backside from Māori television in the past. Uh, it was an online hui this morning. We all attended. A single Māori news service will be set up in the Māori television service. They said, oh, you've just misunderstood it. It was meant to be what they called a clearing house. A whole lot of very intelligent, well-read broadcasters who have been in the industry for 25, 30 years, all us confused. So if it's been misrepresented... A single news service, to me, implies a news service as we all know it to be, a provider of news and content. It seems now they're saying that instead of it being a single news service, it's a single clearinghouse. To me, um, up until today, that's provided no clarity because I don't work in the banking industry. I work in journalism, so I have no idea what a, a clearinghouse means in the journalism context. As it was explained to us, it's uh, a news distribution service whereby multiple um, news or current affairs programming will will continue to be funded, that in an ideal world um, it will all be um, shared across to a new um, centre which aggregates that content and, and shares it out amongst the wider media community. To me it seemed pretty clear because it was prefaced with a note about how um, Te Mangai Pahu currently funds several news and current affairs services and that was no longer sustainable. So I'm not sure if actually what we're seeing is a little bit of a, of a turnaround following opposition and concern that's been expressed over the last week. Whose fault is it, the confusion over this single news service? Is it just that the document is badly written or have we all just misinterpreted it? I don't care about fault. I just want it to change, and I want it to be a better environment for every Māori that has aspirations of working in our industry because it's one of the best jobs ever. I just want it to be better. I want it to be more equitable, and I want it to be a fairer place. Can you place a little bit of blame? <laughs> the, the Minister of Māori Development is facing some pretty formidable challenges you know, record levels of homelessness, um, a housing crisis, poverty like we've never seen before. So, you know, in terms of sorting out what's happening in the Māori media sector, although I'm sure a lot of work's being put in, I can imagine that it's probably not your, your most burning hot priority, and I, I, I understand that. I feel that perhaps on this occasion the, the Minister has been let down by the authors of that document, um, it was said today in the hui that the people who had the initial round of, of conversations with people in the industry are not the same people who went on to, to author the, the document, so perhaps that's been part of, the, part of the breakdown. Is there some merit to the idea of a, of a single centralised source which everyone can draw from? Like, would the hui, for instance, benefit? I think all of us support the proposition of, of sharing content. I mean, the hui plays on um, on News Hub's 6pm um, bulletins. It gets shared across to Māori television and is replayed during the week. All of us, I think, you know, the, the more eyes, the better. But there are some complexities around 
commissioning platforms often put in a lot of resource of their own and so they have expectations around a certain amount of plays and how that's shared and what platforms it can be put on. So it's an area that really needs a lot more discussion. And those relationships are really, really full on and important because you have to have a level of trust of each other's journalism to be able to just pick it up and then run it on your on your platform because ultimately you're responsible for what you publish. Mm. But you guys obviously do have a little bit of self-interest here. You've been the loudest voices in criti- criticising the single news service, but obviously you guys do get funding to produce the hui that could be at risk. How much of what you've expressed is fear over your own future and how much is just concern for the wider Māori media sector? For me, I mean, I think it, it wouldn't be... Um, difficult for me and mahi to find other mahi we've we've done the, we've done this before we've left jobs before without having our next job when we've taken a stance on a particular issue for me this is just about the absolute unfairness of watching tens of millions of dollars be poured into private media companies when i know that my my side of the industry has been underinvested in for decades and that people you know desperately need the the money and the focus and the energy poured into them so for me this is not um just about the the preservation of the hui it's really an issue of fairness and equity and about the crown being a good responsible treaty partner when it comes to this issue there's a saying and i've learnt to make coffee and it means when one thing fails, you always have a backup plan. So, yeah. <laughs> I was Great. quite a fantastic waitress back in the day, Coffee to be cart. fair. No, I know. I, say, I mean, absolutely we have conflict in this because we receive um, taxpayer broadcasting money for, Māori, for the Māori sector, but I'm with Annabelle. I'm past caring about that. Um, you know, we will find jobs somewhere else if we have to. We've worked in mainstream and someone will take us back somewhere. But it's about... You know, it's about the future. Uh, so, Mihingarangi, your your article and stuff, uh, you compared the current situation. Uh, we have Te Karadi, uh, the Hui, um, other Māori news services, uh, to Fai Korido on a marae. So, could that actually take place? Could that take place within a single news service that's generated by Māori TV? I think if it was a news distribution centre. Absolutely, but you are then going to still have to fund the hui, fund marae, fund te karere, fund te ao, fund te ao with moana to have this you know, rich selection of different news angles. So if you talk about that whai kōrero where, um, you know, Hayden, you, you, you read into it one way, Annabelle hears it another way, I think of it another way, and then we, exp- then we go home and tell all our friends how, how the whai kōrero went down, that's multiple agencies. We're talking about multiple news sources. So we're right back to where we are. And the problem with, I guess, centralising it in Māori TV is that you guys have had your issues with Māori TV, right? With Native Affairs and what you saw as editorial interference from them. And it was under a previous administration. But do you have concerns with them, I guess, administering at least a news sharing service? We love that kaupapa. We Mm. started our careers to work in Māori broadcasting. And when you have a single news organisation, at times you can have great leadership and you can have not so great 
leadership in terms of journalism. And my experience was that I was leaned on, told that we couldn't run certain angles and certain stories of people in power, and that went against everything that I believed in in terms of my journalism. So my concern would be for the future that we had a set-up like that again. I'm not saying that that's what we would have here and now. I'm just saying it's happened to me in the past. Mm. We know that there's money in the bank post-COVID because they're just handing it out all over the place, yeah. you know, for good reason. But um, Māori, broadcasting, Māori broadcasting is also good reason, and we have been underfunded for 30 years. And um, I tell you what, you just don't understand it unless you've worked at Māori Television. When I was there producing Te Kaya, you know, our people there are poor. They, can, You know, they can't even, they're falling out of housing. Um, they've got, you know, money problems and stuff because they're just not paid enough. This is journalists. This is across the board. So, you know, I was just thinking of another example. Is like, unlike camera operators at TV3 or TVNZ, you know, when I was there, they didn't get to take their cars home or their kids home. So you have this added responsibility of having to catch a bus to work, to pick up your car, to pick up your kit, to then get on the road. It's just so different. They didn't even have cell phones when I was there. We cha- we changed that when we got there in we, terms of the camera crew. We had a submitter today at the Hui that said you, you, Māori journalists mm. start on $30,000 and they might get to $55,000. That's a lot less than mm. you get in just mainstream Absolutely. commercial organisations. It's across the board. It's like 20, I think the survey that uh, Ngāho Whakari did, which is the um, organisation that looks after the media industry, Māori media industry, is that 20 to 25% of us have worked for Aroha, you mm. know, for free. We've worked just because we felt like we should. And so many of our young people don't get paid and they hold booms and they come onto film sets or they come along journalism or they come and sit at Māori television um, or, or in Māori media to try and just get a f- foot in the door. It's just not the same as mainstream. There's just not enough to go around. There's mm. massive um, equity issues facing our part of the of the sector and by that I mean the New Zealand media sector. Um, you know, there's issues around... Uh, equity issues around um, pay, there's equity issues around, you know, cost per hour um, production, um, there's challenges in terms of um, retaining staff and development. This review was an opportunity for us to ask ourselves some of the really difficult questions like, is a linear television station the best vehicle for revitalising te reo, normalising mm. the deal, um, providing news and entertainment and content to Māori audiences, or is it time that we look at a different model, you know, to pay people well, to increase production, to create more content, or, you know, is it time that we look up like a Netflix service? So mm. none of us are saying that the status quo should remain. We know that we have to change, but it feels like this document doesn't really ask those challenging questions, and it's a shame because it's a missed opportunity. And when we talk about the ecosystem, because this is the word that they're using for our industry, you know, there's no mention at all of independence. And what we know in Māori broadcasting is independence is really tough. Being an independent because you're on, you know, you're on contracts, you're on a 40-week contract, or you're on a 12-week contract, and that's it. And then you have to wait for the next funding uh, round. So you actually have to. Most people have other jobs, you know, because you can't do it all. But what? What they talk about Centre for Excellence and bringing this cadetship through and, and things like that, but the tr- 
this is what I see from where where I've been through the whole industry now, and now I'm in a situation where I'm a, I'm an independent in a really small Maori production company with Annabelle, and we are training people. That's where you know that's where I think is an opportunity for them to train the cadets through mm. bringing them in to, for certain um, projects or coming in to do researching and things like that. Um, but there's no mention of that in that paper. You know, you might say, oh, here at RNZ you, you've got, you know, about six or seven Māori journalists and they're doing really well, and they are, but you don't have a Māori news editor. You don't have, Checkpoint doesn't have a Māori news editor. You know, these are important positions that we need to start filling because the way that Pākehā serving news is usually through mainstream, and if you don't have Māori in your mainstream picking the pictures out or finding a new angle, you actually don't get to see Te Ao Māori. We haven't had a, a, at RNZ, different topic, but we haven't had a, 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 a Māori presenter on any of our flagship shows as far as I know either. Well, yeah. I applied for two of those jobs and didn't get either of them. You know, it's not from lack of trying. Stacey Daniel, Stacey Morrison, sorry, she buys me a bottle of Moet every time I apply because <laughs> we say you've got to keep your, hand in the, your, your, hand, uh, your name in the ring. The main problem with this Māori media sector review is that it fails to take an audience-centric approach. Uh, are you saying that, that it's not really going where the audiences are going there? It's not going to YouTube and Netflix and all these places? Well, even in the discussion, the, the ZUI today, um, we raised the question um, regarding the single news service or the clearinghouse is it intended to be a news platform where um, all of the content is aggregated into one place for the ease of use for audiences, or is it an, a news distribution function? And um, and that they they didn't actually know. Now, if it was for audiences, that'd be great because it's about again making the content available and accessible and discoverable for audiences but even that they didn't have a clear answer to and in terms of um, locating it within the Māori television news service when we with you know if it was actually a single news service then again you'd you'd uh, you'd have to question that because that the audience trends show that that's not a, the place where people tend to be spending their time to access content. It tends to be, um, well, TVNZ remains the big player, um, TV3, Facebook, YouTube. So um, it, it seems like audi audiences aren't really at the forefront of the discussion or, or the thinking, and I think that really we're just talking to ourselves if we're not thinking about our audience all the time. And it's not necessarily about great ratings, it's about... Um, tr trying to um, figure out how we can make this accessible to them. I think I understand after today what the facade or what the the thinking around it was is that plurality of voice in Māori media is important. But the question is, and it always comes down to money and equity, and mm. so our industry is underfunded. So just say, for example, there was ample money for Māori journalists to be working inside of RNZ and TVNZ and TV3 and NZME and stuff and the rest of them, then perhaps, you know, having a single Māori news service, which was Tuturu and Te Reo Māori, might actually be okay because, 
Māori are getting mm. their news all over the place, mm. but that's not the case. Yeah, and that's something that these organisations aren't doing. I think Stacey Morrison, she talked about the 20 she million did. just Cordia funding that uh, was sort of taken off the broadcasters' bills, and she said that, that that's not much to the commercial media companies, but it would have been everything to us in Māori media. Mm. I feel there's an inequity when I listen to the Finance Minister Grant Robertson talk about plurality of voice for organisations that aren't state broadcasters and giving them money to help them out post-COVID. I actually understand the position that Nanaia Mahuta is in, saying that there's not enough money for Māori broadcasting to spread around Mm. and we have to do something different. We all agree with that, but where is the money for Māori voices in mainstream? you know, put procurement clauses in funding then. That was Mihinarangi Forbes, host of the weekly current affairs show The Hui, which screens on Sundays on 3. And she's a former presenter and reporter also at RNZ and Māori Television. And we also heard there from Annabel Lee Mather, producer of The Hui and an executive producer at the production company Great Southern Television. The deadline for submissions on the government's Māori media sector options report, Te Ao Pāpaho Māori, He Araho, is coming up at the end of this week. That's Friday the 26th of June. And you can find links to that report, including questionnaires and feedback forms, in the online version of the story. It's on the MediaWatch page of the RNZ website.